As we prepare for Christ during this Advent season, before Christmas and the coming of the Anointed One, I think about a song we used to sing back home. The song was simple and its message was profound. Anyway you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. Yet when we pause for a moment, we just might come to the realization that we don't want to have to endure some of the pains that come with the blessings. People want glory, but have no guts. They want to be appointed without the anointing. We want a blessing with no burden. No matter how much you'd rather avoid them, life's burdens can become bittersweet blessings. We want to pass on the burdens and only accept the blessings, but life is not like that. And faith in God reminds us that we cannot escape that nor are we exempt from that which causes us pain. While there is a hint of this in Luke's gospel today and the calling of John the Baptist, yes, that peculiar one, whereas Luke leaves out his garb and his apparel and his dietary habits, John the Baptist was a precursor to Jesus the Christ. Malachi helps us to remember that today. Both texts speak to us about cleansing, repentance, and the process of purification. As we have entered the new church year, let us be open to the sacred things and prepare ourselves for what is to come. That's what Advent is about. As music sings the word and proclaims the good news, Malachi opens the church to some good questions for today. The prophet, speaking on behalf of God, speaks words of both judgment and salvation to the people of Israel. Malachi is engaged in a dialogue with the priests and the people. He is calling all to account. There's a great deal of foot as the community has been in transition. Oh yes, we know about transition. There are those who returned from the exile in Babylon, those who never left, and those who since moved there and began to marry and begin new families. It was a mixed multitude of fifth century Judeans. There were competing messages, as you can imagine. There were rival leaders clamoring for power. The big question for all was, what is faithful living now? What does it look like? What does it look like to be a person of faith now? So if we situate this second Sunday of Advent, we see a prophet who is telling us and challenging us with the same questions then that we must wrestle with now. Known as a minor prophet, this prophet is prophesying, as one noted, from the center of religious power. And with that, by extension, came social power, serving as the seal of the prophets. Malachi has one important point for us today. Only one who is purified can be ready for the coming of the Lord. The prophet says, I know you have seen some problems, experienced some challenges, even gone through trials in your life and asks the question, but who may bide the day of his coming? Who may abide? Who will be there and who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and shall sit at a refiner, as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. No one wants to talk about righteousness today. 
but everybody wants to go to heaven. The prophet lets us know that God wants us to be righteous and there is a distinction between the righteous and the wicked. When the people of God realize there is this distinction, then the Lord can work to cleanse us of what is not of God. Malachi says to us, the one who goes through the cleansing process may be able to stand and be present for the appearing of the Lord. The purifier's procedure is to prepare the silver and gold. They must be purged that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Only the one who is purified will offer an offering that is worthy. The elements must be purged of harmful toxins. This means that even though we want our holiday season to be filled with joy, it comes with a little pain. It means that even though we desire to be in the presence of the Lord, we have to be prepared to give of our best, which means God has to prepare us for kingdom work and God's will. In this prophecy, you see, the text recounts the exile of the people of Judah and serves as a foretelling of Christ's coming. The alarm has sounded for Israel. He ends all of the prophetic writings beginning with Isaiah and he's pulling up the rear of the 12, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Malachi ends for us the prophetic writings and he is not revered like Isaiah or Ezekiel, but he's no less important. He comes to us before we hear the words in Luke that John the Baptist is preparing the way of the Lord. They go together, and it's important for us to remember that. Yes, in Advent, we are preparing ourselves for the Lord. We are preparing by going through the refiner's fire. While his message is not like Isaiah, Jeremiah, or Ezekiel, his message says now that the temple has been rebuilt and rededicated. The deliverance of Israel is promised. And when the refiner is here, Israel will have to be refined. It has to be made ready. I know you have been through the storm, but you still need to be refined, the prophet tells us. I know that you have had to experience some deaths on your loved ones and on your way through the storm, but you will still need to be refined. I know that you may have lost some property and even status, but that's not enough. You will still need to be refined. Some of us think the hardships and headaches we experience is just enough to be accepted, just enough for God to pass over and grant us favor. But sometimes, as with Malachi, we are told we still have to be refined. In their hopefulness, God says to Israel, through this prophet, who will be able to endure when the Lord shall appear? Who can stand to be well done? We don't want to examine our own stuff, but in order for purification to take place, the Lord has got to get inside and rid us of some excess stuff. It's a new church year. We have to be ready for treatment or rather detoxification in order to stand and receive the new things and to receive an offering in righteousness and to give an offering acceptable and pleasing to God. One minister said, we devout people are susceptible to certain sins. First among them is hypocrisy. 
saying one thing and doing another, talking the talk, but not walking the walk. It's going to church, not to have our petty prejudices changed, but to have them confirmed and made to look respectable. It's religion that starts on Sunday and ends on Sunday night. It's looking good rather than being good or better yet, doing good. Jesus didn't say much um, to any notorious sinner. He didn't regard sin in that way. Although he disliked their behavior, he rarely mentioned it and accept all, no matter the sin. It was a devout who bore the brunt of his anger. He had much to say to the devout, all the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the priests. He had a lot to say because he knew that they had a lot to do in leading others down the right path, the path toward righteousness, the path toward refinement, the path that's made straight, no matter the crooked places. Yes, he had much to say to all of those who go to church, but don't live out the principles of the church. Yes, this is a time for celebration, yet Advent is also a season for purification. It is a holy season, a time for us to get right with God, whatever that looks like in our own personal circumstance. An individual prayer might be, Lord, refine me. We may want the Lord to come quickly, but are we ready for his appearing? It is time to cry aloud, refine me, O Lord. And if we look around, there is much in need of care and attention. Are we ready for the Lord's return? If we pause and ask ourselves, are we sincerely able and ready to answer? Yes, Advent gives us time to ready ourselves for the coming of the Messiah. If we pause and truly consider where we are today, that we have transitioned from a state of pandemic to an endemic, we see much needs our care and attention. We see some of the distresses in our world and the social ills that continue to plague us. Some of the same issues continue to persist, such as homelessness, joblessness, mass shootings, and mass incarceration. On this past week, we just remembered World AIDS Day on Wednesday. That still plagues a lot of nations around the world. The issues have not gone away. They are simply not on the forefront of our minds. However, we still see the othering of God's creation in a variety of ways. The disparity between the rich and the poor in America. In the words of Aubrey Hendricks, some time ago when he was presenting in a conference that I was a part of hosting, at a, my former church, he says, this is the result of shameless exploitation of workers, unfair manipulation of markets, appeals to racial exclusivity, and the old boy network of clandestine reciprocal relationships, preferential governmental policies, and corporate cronyism. If we remember that Jesus came to bring good news to the poor, are we still ready to shout aloud, refine me, O Lord? We must be careful what we pray for. Some blessings come with stipulations. The Lord requires us to be purified. The process of purification leads to refinement. And contrary to its popular use, refinement doesn't simply mean you've acquired an education and broad knowledge for good things. It doesn't only mean that you have become polished or elegant and fanciful in your deportment. Yet the only way to become polished is 
through purification. If you went to college and learned anything, you went through a purification process. And there are many other stages and phases in life that we can say refined us to a certain degree. To refine means that your impurities have been removed. It means that you have been returned to your pure state before being corrupted by this world. To refine means to purify. To refine means to cleanse. It suggests that we have become pure or clean, freed from guilt and ready and willing for God's usefulness. It means we've been freed from guilt and sin, released from shame. It means that anything that displeases God has been lifted. It means that we have been rid of any elements that would detract from our holiness. Yes, we don't talk enough about holiness, but in Advent, holiness has its place. As one New Testament scholar reflected upon the writings of John Calvin on the refiner's fire, she noted that Calvin asked the salient question, is humanity deemed good and righteous when once again the divine image is reflected in the human heart? As we go through our processes of purification, does it restore in us the Omago Dei, the image and likeness of God in us? The things of this world that have convoluted us and clouded our hearts, now the Imago Dei, the likeness of God has been restored in us. The purification of the people from Malachi's writing, it concerns fire. But from the account in the Gospel of Luke today, where John the Baptist is mentioned, it pertains to water. In either case, the people were being called to integrity and uprightness. It reminds me of another old song of the church. It's the highway to heaven. None can walk up there but the pure in heart. So the ones who desire to walk with the Lord in righteousness, where the streets are paved with gold, where there are 12 gates to the city, where the leaves on trees are good for the healing of the nations, must be purified. Advent is a time set aside for the anticipation of the coming Messiah, and when Christ shall come, he shall purify his people. My grandmother had her own saying, and she said it in this way, if you can't stand the fire, get out of the kitchen. My grandmother and her own homespun wisdom and theology always talked about being ready and well done, not half-baked. And when God comes, we should not want to be found half-baked. This is not like ordering steak, where some like them rare, medium or well done. God doesn't want us to be slightly done or even rare. God doesn't even need us to be medium done. God needs for us to be well done, having gone through the refiner's fire.